0: Good morning, bon matin. Espero que todo está bien. I hope that you're in good health and secure. The Encouragements of the Bodhisattva Universally Worthy. Or Universal Worthy. These translations, they all differ slightly. Um, Chapter 28. We'll have, uh, of course, after this chapter, uh, this is in effect, I believe chapter 28 is in effect, the closing... Yeah, yeah, that's the closing sutra, or the closing chapter of, uh, oh, that's right, This he doesn't have the, uh, the opening, the immeasurable meanings, or does he? That's right, he didn't do the threefold lotus, I have to remember which, yeah, which uh, translation I'm reading, he didn't do that. So this will be the final chapter for this translation, Leon Herbert's Lotus Sutra, chapter 28. I'm not sure, after i am done this, I mean, I've gone through the Lotus Sutra so many times now, all different translations. Um, I'd like to do a read of my version so I can do it as a sort of a, a uh, an editor you know, somehow, it's funny when you read something, you get uh, the meaning and the flow, in a very different, uh, in a very different way, as when you write it out. You know, copy. Um, then you're more focused on each, not each word so much, but as the word. I- Every word becomes, is that the right word? Should it be this? Should it be that? What's the meaning? And so your understanding of the meaning gets even deeper as you write it out. So if anyone's curious about that, highly recommended. But then there's still another level that I've experienced with everything that I've shared with you here in orating it, right? Um, but they're all different. They all give you different insights. It's fascinating, and then of course there's the translations that you're having to deal with. Why did they say that? Doesn't suit. The, it's very easy to tell. In fact, I did that in the Gosho readings with the the first Gosho uh, Zenshu, right? And then again with the uh, the propagation uh, um, organization arm of Nichiren uh, Shu and the the. Uh, the compendium that they use yeah you know? and then bdk with the taisho and of course that's all that's not uh, neutron but anyway um yeah you could hear the voice on some of those go shows that that doesn't really sound like neutron that sounds like maybe one of his you know close disciples followers writing something down from you know his learning and so forth from neutron but it's not neutron's voice you could tell Um, And that only happened a couple of times, but, you know, there's a lot of controversy about all that stuff. All right, so let's get into this last chapter. Uh, At that time, the Bodhisattva universally worthy, Samantabhadra, who was renowned for awe-inspiring excellence because of his powers of supernatural penetration, together with the great Bodhisattvas in numbers incalculable, limitless, not subject to measure or count, came from the Eastern Quarter. Once again, as I've said, the big difference between, well, one of the big differences, but certainly I think one of the major differences between Buddhism and all other religions is that the stories are, um, there's a lot of hyperbole and and storytelling, yes? Yes. So these immeasurable qualities of time and the uncountable numbers of these is because they're not real. They're they're um, personages we create in our imaginations to understand, like he says, penetrations. Penetrations not physical. Penetrations mental. Right. Ultimately, everything in Buddhism is about our own mind. So when we have these particular bodhisattvas like Avalokiteshvara, uh, which, which is still popular to this day, has splintered off into its own religion. And I say religion because uh, people will email me and say, well, what's the matter with believing these stories as literal? Because there's no flying entities coming around to save you, and, and help you out. The idea that your life is controlled by, assisted by, some kind of external forces is, is magical, mystical thinking. It's ridiculous. It's infantile. When we grow up, we understand that everything that occurs in our life is our responsibility People who are so enamored with the religion that everything has to be magical, they just don't want to accept responsibility for their own actions. They want a safety valve, a way out. Oh, I'll just say, I'm sorry. That wipes the slate clean. Oh, I'll just say, now I need help. Please help me. And I wait for it. Come to me, please. In Buddhism... When we meditate, we don't pray or worship, even though Western translators like to shoehorn that language into Buddhism. It's not Buddhist. Over and over and over again, Shakyamuni tells us so. This is you. And when you feel like you've had a moment of assistance, right? I've had those moments where uh, my father was driving like a maniac And we were going through uh, between buildings in a narrow alley. And he was speeding through there like. And at at one point, I just felt something wrong. And I said, well, I felt something wrong, but I mean, really bad. And I yelled stop at him. And he actually stopped. And at that moment, a truck went zinging by in, in the proper parking lot along the buildings. We would have been center punched big time. It would have been a bad accident. And you can't help but think in those moments, something intervened. But the something that intervened wasn't some magical, mystical cloud of wonderfulness that came down and said, now scream and he'll listen and he'll stop. No, that came from within me. I sensed it. I expressed it. And that's the biggest thing that we need to learn in our lives is that when we feel strongly that something must be done, take action. See, this is a big, big problem with religions. When people feel strongly, instead of taking action, they recede and become pablum heads. That is not Buddhism. This is why Buddhism is not a religion. It isn't a system of beliefs in an exterior force controlling our lives. That's relinquishing the very thing that makes us so amazing and powerful is our own experience of life. And yeah, our own experience of life is bigger than just this physical form, this body. And this is what Shakyamuni, Nitrin, Tendai, they all tell us over and over and over and over again. You. It's about you. You're the creator. You're the imaginator. You're the one who affects, takes action, right? Thought, word, deed. Thought, word, body. These are your actions. You are the reactor, just as the cosmos is. The engine of life is you. The engine of life is the cosmos. Same thing, the cosmos began from quiescence, through formations, into the realm of form. Look, look at the Chinese ter- term for the the uh, uh, sinew and um, and tendon strengthening exercises, Tai Chi Chuan, right? Tai Chi, the instantiation of energy applied to action applied to will volition applied to wuji wuji circle taiji action taken yin yang form it's in the book um, independent neutrin practice yeah that that book hmm? independent neutrin doctrine of Shakyamuni Buddhism, or Lotus Sutra Buddhism. It's a long title, but um, the same, it's the evolution of the big book of Buddhism, basically. Um, And I give you that example in there. Western, Chinese, Buddhist. Same formula. But it's all about instantiating a form, right? Chuan making a fist, but it's a form from action applied to potential. It's the same formula. Everything in the universe does this, right? A rock doesn't wait to be formed by water. Water does wear into the rock and create form, but that's its nature, the rock isn't sitting there going, I wish I was more polished. Won't some water come and help me one day? This is ridiculous, isn't it? That's infantile. Buddhism is not that. So when we read these wonderful stories about Bodhisattva Universal Worthy, who was renowned for awe-inspiring excellence because of his powers of supernatural penetration, you have bodhisattva universally... Listen to the names of these personages. Get a clue. If you have a bodhisattva universally worthy, he doesn't have an address on on Buddhist Main Street. He's a quality we all have. He's a potential we all have. We have the potential to do things that everyone universally would think... Worthy, or virtuous, or whatever the 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 the, the uh, plethora of naming conventions are in here, right? Understand? Okay, I belabored that too long. But if you have questions about this, email me. Um, but um, yeah, if you're gonna argue with me that. You know, magical thinking helps some people. I'm not even going to. You're not worth having a conversation with. You're arguing. You're arguing for religion. Bye bye. <laughs> The realms through which he passed all trembled throughout, rained down jeweled lotuses, and resounded with incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of kinds of skillfully played music. You ever have one of those aha moments, where you do something and things just work out really better than you thought they would have? Isn't that the kind of sensation you feel? It's like your favorite song is playing, the air smells sweeter. You may not think about all those aspects, but that feeling of accomplishment and goodness, yes, this worked out. Right? How would you write about it? He was also accompanied and surrounded by a great multitude of countless, I see they use the word gods here. There's no deities in, in Buddhism. They refer to deities known from Hinduism and beyond, because that's what the cultures at the time are accustomed to. They're familiar, right? And familiarity plays big in these stories, doesn't it? Approaching Shakyamuni Buddha with familiarity. It isn't because you're going to be rude, it's because you're going to approach him as a benevolent person. Yakshas, is In other words, all of these, if you look them up, kinaras, I have them, uh, many of them in uh, Buddhism Reference, and I think in Buddhism Reference too, Volume Two. Uh, anyway, uh, Garuda is kind of uh, kinaras, Maharagas, humans, non-humans, who all circumambulated, 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 whew, circumambulated him each displaying powers of awe-inspiring excellence and supernatural penetration because they're all qualities of the mind. You know, demons, male and female demons, Mara, king of all the earthly, mundane demons, right? They're all obstacles that plague our mind. Well, I can't do that. I'll be embarrassed. What demon is making you think that you'll be embarrassed, holding you back from actions you should take. Those are demons, but they're yours. You are in control. That's Buddhism. Reaching the Saha world sphere, arriving at the very midst of Mount Vulture Peak, with head bowed, He did obeisance to Shakyamuni Buddha, and circumambulating him clockwise seven times, addressed the Buddha, saying, O world-honored one, in the realm of the Buddha king surpassing the awe-inspiring excellence of gems, (laughs) I heard from afar that in this saha world sphere, the scripture of the Dharma blossom is being preached, or taught. And with a multitude of incalculable, limitless hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of bodhisattvas, I have come to listen receptively. With all my potential to raise the minds and, uh, uh, of the ignorant, of followers of three vehicles, lower vehicles, those willing to listen, I've brought them to bear here, all in my head, to listen attentively with all of those faculties in my head to Myoho I beg the world honored one to teach it to us. The personal us, yeah? After the extinction of the thus come one, how may a good man or a good woman attain this scripture of the Dharma Blossom? When you're gone... Or more to the point, Shakyamuni said that extinction of the Tathagata, the Buddha's gone, how will anybody hear about this? This is a question that constantly comes up through the Lotus Sutra. And it it was basically answered in the uh, entrustment chapter, right? Which, uh, according to some scholars was actually the end of the Lotus Sutra, and these later chapters were added as kind of postscripts or further meditations on the Lotus Sutra. Okay. Does it matter? It's the same lesson. Right? The Buddha declared to the Bodhisattva universally worthy, if a good man or good woman perfects our four dharmas, After the extinction of the Thus Come One, he shall attain the scripture of the Dharma Blossom. First, he must, so here are the four. First, he must uh, be the object of the protectively mindful thoughts of the Buddhas. In other words, chant. Enlighten your Buddha eye so that it can surround your other eight consciousnesses, right? Right? This is in the book too, The Nine Consciousnesses. I've done a video on Wuji to you and me that has illustrations of the eight consciousnesses and then the ninth consciousness, when it's awakened, wraps around the whole thing. See, nothing goes away in Buddhism. Nothing gets replaced. It just gets a new lens by which to experience it like when you change your mind, hmm? when you learn some new piece of information and, oh, everything looks different now. hmm? First, he must be the object of protectively mindful thoughts, your own mindful thoughts. Second, he must plant the roots of a multitude of excellences. Behave. This goes back to the very start, right? Right? The Noble Eightfold Path. Proper behavior. This is very social science. That's Buddhism. Third, and it starts with the self. Third, he must enter into a collection of right concentrations. Know how to meditate. Hmm? We do an active meditation. Namo Myoho Renge kyo. It's a very direct meditation because it's more of an invocation. But, as I've explained before, when we use the characters Myo and Ho on this mandala that Nietzsche created for us to encompass this whole experience, hmm, we actively push away the samsaric delusions, the monkeys, hmm? those constantly interfering thoughts, they're what? The demons, Hmm? Mara, or so on and so forth. We shut them up because we're focused on potential instantiating. And when we're focused on that, it mirrors that gateway in our mind. And when we touch that gateway and the Buddha eye starts to open, the the mandala starts to aberrate. Hmm? Because now we're not using our samsaric eyes. We're using our Buddha eye. And that Buddha eye sees everything totally different. It's a paradigm shift in the mind. Hmm? Fourth, he must launch the thought of liberating all living beings. While you're floating in this Buddha-ness, Namo miolo Namo miolo Try. It's not easy. Try to well up the thought. And for me, it usually happens when I'm completing my daimoku, or especially gongyo. I get an overwhelming bodily feeling of wanting to reach out to you, to anyone who has a curious mind, How can I lead you to this sensation, this experience of life? Please, let me help you. Let me inspire, raise the aspiration in you. Yeah? If a good man or a good woman this way perfects the four dharmas, after the extinction of the thus-come-one, he or she... Shall without fail attain Myohorengeo. So attaining Myohorengeo is synonymous with attaining the Buddha eye. Myo- because Myohorengeo is an invocation of that mental capacity we all have. Nowhere in that is some floating angel landing on your shoulder going, You're a Buddha. Because we're not Buddhas. Buddha is a state. Of every living phenomena. Or non-living. It always annoys me too. you see all these programs and movies about going through outer space. Looking for life. Outer space is life. It's just another form. By the way, you and I are made of those forms. You ever had heartburn? Tell me that's not a sun. Okay, it's much, much smaller. Still... You're made out of the same minerals and gases. Oh, lately, gases. We could talk. (laughs) Still not recovered. Anyway, you get it, right? We are stardust. We are golden. Lyrics from a song. At that time, the Bodhisattva, universally worthy, addressed the Buddha, saying, Oh, world-honored one, in the last 500 years, in the midst of a muddied, evil age, in the last 500 years, I guess it doesn't mean from the past. He means time-wise in the, in the uh, predictions of Shakyamuni, right? If there is anyone who receives and keeps a scriptural canon, I will guard and protect him, keep him from decline, and care enable uh, care enable him to gain tranquility and prevent those who seek to get the better of him from doing so, be it Mara, or a son of Mara, the miscellaneous demons, the daughter of Mara, or subject of Mara, or one possessed by Mara, or yakshas, rakshasas, kimbadas, he's going to go through the whole list here, right? or any other tormentor of men, none shall be able to get the better of him. So what does that mean? That this universally worthy bodhisattva is going to pop into the air, come down and sit on your shoulder and go, I'm going to protect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I've already described universal worthy as an aspect of you. This is a comportment. Remember, we read a whole chapter on that. If you behave in a certain manner, you protect yourself. If you behave as an honorable person, logically, people who wish to demean you will have little success. So, Aviloka Tzatzvara is not some special cloudy god who's going to come and save your butt. Is your ability to do that. Get with the program. This is constantly repeated throughout the teachings. If that person, whether walking or standing, reads and recites this teaching, at that time, I mounted on a white elephant king with an elephant king with six tusks, Is that imaginary? Hmm? Together with a great multitude of bodhisattvas we'll go to that place and personally revealing my body, make offerings to him guard and protect him and comfort his thoughts. It's obvious, isn't it? This is our capacity to stand strong, to be steadfast. They're just different words explaining the same thing in a storied form. Maybe it's easier to remember or recall that way. You know, don't believe in the rhetoric. Believe in the meaning. Read the Lankavatara. Also, if, as an offering to the scripture of the Dharma Blossom, that person seated thinks on this scripture at that time, also I will appear before that person mounted on a white elephant king. If that person suffers the loss of memory of a single phrase or a single gatha, Of the scripture of the Dharma Blossom. I will teach him. Reading and reciting it together with him. Thereby enabling him to regain the advantage thereof. Remember learning Gongo? Getting. Some of you must have gotten to the point. Where you didn't even need to follow along in the book anymore. But it's funny. As soon as you start doing that. Sometimes. You lose the rhythm or whatever, and you completely forget where you are. You have to go back to the book and refer to the book. It's not humiliating; it just happens. So this is your Bodhisattva, universally worthy, coming to your aid and saying, "Pick up the book, find where you were, and just start over from some point." You know, and use the book for a while. It's not good; it's not a diminishment. (laughs) Right. At that time, anyone who receives and keeps, reads and recites the scripture of the Dharma Blossom, having contrived to see my body, shall be overjoyed and shall perse- uh, persevere all the more vigorously for having seen me. Oh, now I'm back into the rhythm here. Right? Right? He shall straight away attain samadhis and dharanis, the latter named the turning dharani, the dharani that can be turned into a hundred thousand myriads of millions of uses, and the dharani of the skill in the use of dharma sounds, such dharanis as these shall he attain. How many times have we been told that myoho rengekyo are not words, that they are sounds and conceptual terminologies? That's what a dharani is. It's not magic. It's a short, I don't want to say shortcut. And that's what I was going to say. It's an abbreviated way of capturing a much larger text. That's what a darani is. Right? It's a mnemonic device. Like, like anybody who's ever, since I was a kid, I've seen the great Kreskin and others on television late night explaining how to increase our memory, the power of our memory. And associate images. And associate this and that. And that will help you remember. Remember this is an oral teaching. And so these stories are ways of inculcating all these imageries. So that you remember the story. And the meaning of the story. And Nietzsche himself. You've heard me say this before. Every character of the five renge contain within them all 69,384 characters of the entire Lotus Sutra, which in itself contains all of Shakyamuni's teachings. It's the ultimate of the teachings. Mm-hmm. O world-honored one, if in the latter age, in the last five hundred years, in the midst of a muddied and evil age, a bhikshu or bhikshuni, or upasaka or upasika, who seeks, accepts, and keeps, recites, reads, and copies, wishes to cultivate and practice this scripture of the Dharma blossom, then for three weeks he must single-mindedly persevere with vigor. When he has fulfilled three weeks, I, mounted on my white elephant and six, with six tusks, will, together with incalculable bodhisattvas, personally circumambulate him, appearing before that person in a body beheld with joy by all living beings, preaching Dharma to him, demonstrating to him, teaching him, benefiting and delighting him, I will also give him this dharani charm. Once he has that dharani, no human or no non-human shall be able to destroy him, nor shall he be led astray or confused by lust. I will also personally ever protect that person. I beg the World Honored One to permit me to pronounce this Danani charm straight away in the Buddha's presence. He pronounced a charm saying, Adande Dhanalpati. Anyway, those are those vocalizations of sounds They don't translate here. They just try to transliterate Sanskrit into the sounds, mostly Chinese transliterations, trying to capture the Indic sounds that were made in these charms. Some have tried to translate them into English. I don't know how successful they are. Impossible to check. But as I've said before, and I think I have something in my, uh, I did take one of them. And take them apart. And you can see how they're just invocations of certain words or phrases that capture a big idea. Like Bodhisattva, universally worthy, captures an idea of this potential we all have for guarding ourselves. Right? A huge white elephant with six tusks. Powerful. Yeah? Hmm. These kind of things. O world honored one, if a bodhisattva is able to hear this dharani, let it be known that this ability is the work of the supernatural penetrations of universally worthy. There you have it. If you understand that universally worthy is simply a potential we have in our minds, then for it to have supernatural penetration is an affect, Right? Penetrating every aspect of our mind, those aspects of our minds that are trying to be obstacles or fear or, right, embarrassment, knocked out. If the scripture of the Dharma blossom is abor- uh, abroad in Jampudvipa, and if there is anyone who receives and keeps it, one must have this thought. This is all the awesome supernatural doing of universally worthy. If there is anyone who receives and keeps it, reads and recites it, properly recalls it, interprets the more important, uh, the, the import of its meaning, and practices as he teaches, let it be known that this person is doing the work of universally worthy, that in the presence of incalculable, limitless Buddhas, he has deeply planted wholesome roots that he has had his head caressed by the hands of the thus come one If he but copies it, that person at the end of his life shall be born in the Thraya Srimsa heaven. We already uh, have talked about that heaven, and that's in uh, Volume 2, Buddhism Reference. At that time, 84,000 goddesses making music, multitude of instruments shall come to receive him. That man shall straightaway don a crown of the seven jewels, and among the women of the harem shall shall enjoy himself and be gay. Well, be gay. Be happy. (laughs) Can't use that word anymore. How much (laughs) the more shall this be true of one who receives and keeps it, reads and recites it, and interprets the import of the meaning. To that man at life's end shall be extended the hands of a thousand Buddhas, causing him not to fear nor to fall into evil destinations. He shall straightway ascend to the top of the Tushita heaven, to the place of Bodhisattva Maitreya. The Bodhisattva Maitreya has 32 marks, is surrounded by a great multitude of Bodhisattvas, and has a retinue of hundred thousand, myriads of millions of goddesses born within his retinue. Such are the merits and advantages that he shall have. Is this an actual place? Is this like the Islamic uh, 72 virgins? Hell no. This is a sensation. This is a death of opulence. Of a a contentment, an, an achievement of a life well lived that's a nice way to die. No pain, no regrets. Just, I've lived my life completely. How wondrous. Such are the merits and advantages that he shall have. Therefore, a wise person must single-mindedly write it himself or cause others to write it. Receive and keep it, read and recite it, recall it properly, and practice as it preaches. O world-honored one, by resort to my powers of supernatural penetration, I shall now guard and protect this scripture. After the extinction of the thus-come-one within Jumput I will broadly propagate it and cause it never to perish. So he's really a stand-in for our bodhisattva behavior, universally worthy. Wow, well, that makes sense. Anyone practicing the Myoho who endeavors to imbue others with the aspiration to do the same is doing the work of universally worthy which is the work of a Bodhisattva which is the work of Buddha, buddhaness Buddhahood. All right, run out of time for today. I hope all of this made sense. I know I got a little bit, mm, I don't know. Sometimes I get emails that just disturb me. So I apologize if I got a little bit evangelical there. But boy, I sure can't understand why. I can understand why Nitrin, some of his letters are in a tone of, ah! Because it seems so obvious if you study any amount of time. But some human beings, man, we love our mysticism. We're so attached to it. Because it makes things easy. You don't have to be responsible. I know they don't like to hear that. But hey, get with the program. Buddhism is about healing yourself. Because you're the best physician. You're the one who knows. I'm Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this channel. Liking and subscribing, incredibly important. It doesn't cost you a thing, takes a few seconds. Now, if those of you who have been buying ebooks and print books from threefoldbows.com to Lulu, my publisher, you guys are really, really helping out. It's so incalculable <laughs> how much you guys are, are helping to support this effort and 10 times that gratitude to patrons, right? Uh, whether through Patreon or direct through PayPal, you guys are simply awesome. You are universally worthy, yes? All right. I'm going to let you go. Can't wait till next time. Obviously, this last chapter of the Lotus Sutra is about encouraging our practice as bodhisattvas. We can tell that already. So we'll see... Uh, how much more we learn in the next uh, enterprise here of that. And we'll finish up the Lotus Sutra. And then I may just, because I haven't done much of it, and uh, Volume 2 of Buddhism Reference is a quite a bit larger book than the first volume. So I need to get back to those short uh, podcasts, uh, video and, and audio of each of the terms in there. So I may just do that for a while, just as a break uh, before I read this. I think it's the last one of the Threefold Lotus Revisited. I used the old one when I did the first Lotus Lectures. This is the Revisited one. We'll see how much different it is. Um, My version, the Threefold Lotus Quoon version, the Quantum Life Buddhism version, is available now as an artist proof and all that means is I think it's done but until I read through it with you guys I'm sure there'll be revisions I'll find typos that kind of thing and uh so you're getting kind of a a pre-print kind of it's you can get it in print too but just know that you're getting you're getting it in its raw form um And the only reason I would make it available to you for that is, first of all, just to put it in your hands. And secondly, uh, if you see something, you know, obviously wrong, I invite you to send to my email. It's not something that maybe belongs in the comments because people who don't have it won't understand. But you can email me at TLKSylvain at Gmail and let me know, hey, this word is spelt wrong 347 times in the book. You might want to fix it. Oh, (laughs) Uh, you know, anyway, don't be too nitpicky. In other words, find stuff that is really confusing, maybe, that I wrote, because I can do that. I can write sentences that are a little bit flippy floppy, and it may need to be uh, restated more clearly. So I I totally invite you to be a critic and let me know, because I want to make this book Really, really useful to the most amount of people I can. Doing the best to be universally worthy. The best I can, anyway. So, again, thanks for listening. Take care of your health. Please do that. Uh, I'm taking care of mine and I'm still getting getting sick. I think it has a lot to do with the meds I'm on. But, anyway, um, please take care of your health. Keep your practice strong. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thank you.